If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, this is Curlbro, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon, and you should too. And if you don't, I hope you leave enough room for my fists, because I'm going to ram it in your stomach and break your spine. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon to sign up today. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this episode 120 of the mm. Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. Wouldn't be a show without George. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we check out the premiere of the new Marvel series featuring a superhero struggling with dissociative identity disorder. We finally get our hands on the much-anticipated crowdfunded <laughs> board game that's a sequel to a 1981 classic, and we'll review some creative tech that just might save you money on batteries for all your other gadgets. That and so much more is coming your way, but first, it is time for what's my favorite part of the show, fourth listener email. <laughs> oh, you didn't even give us a chance to answer. I know. I feel like it, that, was, that was planned, like, he didn't want us to answer, did he? No, he doesn't. Yeah. It was a he foregone conclusion. Everyone knew what it was. It was fourth <laughs> listener email. It was a real softball. I set it up. Anyway, yes, fourth listener email. Uh, this time around, it is Chad. Chad has not written us in a yeah. while. The subject of Chad's email is Gen X TV and movie cars. Uh, okay. about it has our been a popular one. It has been very popular. Yeah, a lot of people love the cars. Can't blame yeah. them. Uh, and Chad just jumps into it. He had a long email. I've abbreviated a bit, but he had a list of, he wasn't like saying, hey, you missed these, but like here are a bunch more that I love. Okay. Uh, he said, I have Fair a enough. few more vehicles you didn't mention. Uh, on Miami Vice, the white Ferrari Testarossa Crockett got after the black Daytona Spider was blown up. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. He's, there's a, this is a man who knows his Miami Vice. Right. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> also, Tubbs' 64 Cadillac Coupe DeVille. Oh, okay. yeah. I think it was light blue, right? Mm, I think so. I, yeah, I'll take your word for it. I don't remember. I think sure. so. On the A-team, Face had a really cool Corvette C4. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Said obviously, the van was more prominent, but uh, it was, his car was in a bunch of episodes. Yeah, okay. okay. Nice. He mentions Hardcastle and McCormick. Oh, geez. Do you remember that show? Barely. I remember the show, Barely, but I yeah. don't remember a car. Yeah, but he said they had an awesome car called the Coyote X. In that Wasn't it Hardcastle and McCormick? That was the one where the judge was Hardcastle and McCormick was like a former convict or something and they worked something together like solving crimes or yeah. something. I don't remember it well enough to contradict you, so I'm going to say that's right. Sounds yes. right. Yeah, it sounds right. Let's just go with it. <laughs> sounds really good. Uh, and then he does a really deep cut. He says, do you guys remember the cartoon Turbo Teen? Does that ring a bell? Is that the one about the kid who turns into a sports car, maybe? Exactly. It yep. is. Yep. It's so weird. That was a weird, that was a weird I one. I vaguely remember. Yep. It only, he says he only ran for 13 episodes. Not surprised if you don't remember it. Mm-hmm. It was also very creepy because 
It was like after you when it was a car, they'd put stuff in the trunk, and you're like, "What's happening to this go? guy? <laughs> Where did it go? He turns back into a guy. Was is it fall out or is it in him? Or <laughs> and like his, his hands turn into tires. That's like, the part I remember. The hands into tires. Mm-hmm. Part. Yeah. yeah, like I imagine a like America Werewolf in London kind of painful transformation. Mm-hmm. He must be. Yeah. But anyway, yes. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Finally, he says. Also, Street Hawk, another kind of like Night Rider copycat show. Mm, okay, and he mentions Maximum Overdrive, the truck with the big green goblin face oh, on the front. Oh God, we should have had that on there. Damn mm-hmm. it, that's a yeah, good one. A lot of good yeah. ones. And he mentions Goliath from Night Rider. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember, but I'll go with that one. Too. I mean, I'm gonna put Kit in front of Goliath every day of the week, twice on Sunday, right? I, I am too. Oh, yeah, I am too. Yeah, that's a gimme. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot of good ones in there, and a couple yeah, of sure. cuts. It, clearly, Chad, you know your Miami Vice. I give you total props there. So uh, he signs it off with one of our favorite salutations. May the fourth listener be with you, Chad. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. We love it that you wrote in. We love every time the fourth listener takes time to write into the show. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it's so easy. Just drop us a line at podcast at genxgrownup.com. I read every single one, and most of them, just like Chad's, is eventually going to make this show. All right. With that good business behind us, it's time to jump into the body of this episode 120 right after this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Hi, I'm Sandy Duncan, and like most everybody, I am a snack lover. In fact, right now, I love some wheat thins. Wheat thins taste really good, and they're full of natural whole wheat. So they make a terrific snack right out of the box, or you could put something on top. Look, when you're having a snack, why not have something really good? Wheat thins. They call them the light little cracker with the big wheat taste from Nabisco. Love them. It's time to get rolling, starting off talking about media, as we always do. Of course, this could be television or film or comics or books or music or whatever you've been checking out in the universe of media. And George, I want to start with you. What have you been checking out? Yeah, so there was a movie that I was really looking forward to right before I canceled my A-list with AMC. Mm. So I had to wait a little while before it came out on streaming, but it's still in the theaters if you want to go see it that way. Death on the Nile. Oh, Oh, so Hercule Poirot. It's another remake Mm. of the original Agatha Christie story we've seen it done multiple times both in tv and film and theater stage plays and radio dramas it's it's a classic whodunit story right yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. this one however is starring and directed by kenneth brana oh okay i like him a lot he plays hercule parwo i can Mm -hmm. never say his name right so i'm not gonna try that again pretty darn good (laughs) give it to you uh it's also got some other big names in it gal gadot is in this um Mm -hmm. leticia wright Mm -hmm. if you remember her she's the younger sister of black panther yeah yes Uh uh-huh It was really a solid effort. It's been out long enough that I'm not going to worry about spoilers too much. Yeah, I agree. It's an original Agatha Christie story. So if you don't know the the story by now. <laughs> That's like somebody spoiling West Side Story, the recent right. Spielberg thing. It's like, dude, you it, you know how it goes. It's not great, isn't it? <laughs> I thought that he did, Kenneth Branagh, I mean, did a wonderful job 
with this new version of the story. It was compelling. It was long. It was a little slow in places, but that's kind of the way Agatha Christie wrote. Her writing's kind of like that too. Yeah, I was just saying. (laughs) And occasionally they did stray into the thing where Agatha Christie, she would kind of, here's this character, here's this character, here's that character. Uh, They kind of did a sequence or two like that where they were kind of explaining who the people were, which Mm -hmm. doesn't feel as modern of a whodunit storytelling thing where today you might learn about the characters through the story itself, not by them being literally introduced to the audience. Right. Other than that, I thought it was a really compelling job. I thought they did a great job. The scenery and the camera work is tremendous. This is a beautiful film. Mo on the scale of your Dune remake. Oh, wow. It's gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. The characters are Agatha Christie characters, but the actors made them extremely compelling. Even I mean, I love Agatha Christie as well, but you have to admit a lot of her characters are a little one-dimensional. They even did a really nice thing that I don't think I've seen in any adaptations before. They showed Hercule Poirot's backstory. Mm, Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. I haven't seen that before um, that I can remember. It's always, you know, he's the greatest detective. Let's go solve some stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. In this case, it was how did he become the person that he is? Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really interesting. I don't even remember reading it in Agatha Christie stuff, although it's probably there and I just read it so long ago, I just forgot. But yeah, I hope. Uh, other people get a chance to go see it and like it. Cool. I got to see this in the theater too. And since you are a huge fan of it, I'll ask you if there was, I I felt that it was a bit of a a split in the film. Like the first Mm -hmm. quarter of the film felt like a Busby Berkeley musical. Like it was kind of over the top and a little too bright and a little too musical. And it culminated with this silly, like Gal Gadot was standing on this platform looking like she was the the queen of the Nile in this silly photo op (laughs) thing. And I was kind of like, what the hell are you doing? And then it settled into a more traditional sort of whodunit film for me. When they boarded on the boat. Yes. I was kind of nervous at the beginning. Like, is that what this is going to be? Uh, it, it was odd. But th- did you feel that difference between the two parts of the film? Did it bother you at all? Or did you kind of like that? Uh, so I did feel those parts. They were extremely distinctive. Mm-hmm. It didn't bother me at all because what I thought it did, it a it told the detective story because mm-hmm. I am imagining mm-hmm. that they want to try and turn this into a franchise as they want to do with everything these days. Yeah. And of course, there's plenty of Agatha Christie stories to go around, so mm-hmm. they could definitely do it if this is successful enough. I think that's why they did the whole, you know, telling his backstory angle. And then the whole setup of, you know, him in the nightclub with the couple in Gal Gadot and mm-hmm. Army Hammer meeting her for the first time and all of that stuff. I think that part gave me enough grit to get me through the little <laughs> okay. let's go to yeah. Egypt part that they started with. Mm-hmm. When it got to the boat, boy, that gets shit get dark. Different quick. film. God, good. Yeah. 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 What kind of rating would you think you would give this one? It sounds like you're really a big fan. I liked it. I give us full price on the A-list scale and I yeah. would probably go three and three quarters to four tokens on our scale. No, that's, that's respectable. Yeah. Super respectable. Yeah. In fact, I went to see it at the theater and it didn't play. So I had to come back another day because they had a projection problem. But ultimately, oh. <laughs> I finally got around to seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, the, the, other than that, the split between the kind of two themes, I really enjoyed it too. So, yeah. Cool. Good call. Mo, what about you? What have you been watching? So they dropped the first episode of Moon Knight 
on Disney. Oh, you're looking forward to that. Yes, the Marvel I was. thing. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I watched it right away because I was really curious because that was one of the comic books I did collect as a kid, which I wish I kept until now. Um, oh, yeah. Now they're, they're through yeah, the roof right now. I of really course. wish I kept them. But he was, I always thought he was like a pretty awesome character. I really liked it. For a first episode, like I don't know how the whole series is, but the, for a first episode, it's making me wonder, like, watch the next few episodes for sure. Okay. The, the way they did the character, they did such a good job with the, because uh, the original character in the comic book was, did not have like a dissociative personality disorder he just had different personalities that he used as part of his like secrecy like you know pretend to be but that switch on it really made this made the character a lot more interesting and especially since the one character who's the main one i guess doesn't even realize what's going on and all this stuff and the way they kind of like are slowly unfolding who he actually is i think they did a Mm. nice little slow burn on that john what do you think of it i know you saw it right i also watched the first episode Mm -hmm. and i am of course a comic book zero like i've never seen a moon knight comic book you could have challenged me to a duel and I swore there wasn't one, never heard of it. So <laughs> you mentioned something about the dissociative disorder, which I've heard people talk about. Mm-hmm. What was the original like for people like me that don't know? And how is this different? You mentioned it was slightly different in how it manifests. Well, yeah, because he actually, he was more of like a mercenary and he had these different personas that he would use as kind of like his way of like either hiding, like he was a cab driver and he used that to get information. Oh, like on purpose, he was different yes, people. it was very, oh, yeah, I see. very on purpose. He wasn't struggling with a, a disorder. I see. And the people okay. who knew him in one identity did not know him in another mm. and except for like a, except for a very few people so he actually had like groups of friends for this identity and group of people who knew him in that identity <laughs> okay and so it was, it was very cool the way they did it but this one i mean this one can work i i know from from my experiences i didn't read nearly as much moon knight as you obviously did mo but i do know that people have told me that their idea of moon knight is that he's kind of an evolution of batman batman in yeah. the role part of it in that batman was bruce wayne and batman and nobody knew that the two mm-hmm. were the same thing moon knight was just a further utterance of that because he was the cab driver he was this thing or he was that thing and nobody understood i think it's really fascinating and not having seen the first episode that they have now taken what was essentially a tool and turned it into a burden for the character right because that opens up a lot of possibilities for his emotional context and that i think is what i'm more looking forward to anything else because I'm starting to get back into that superhero fatigue mode a little bit because there's <laughs> mm-hmm. so much out there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this gives it a different take that I can look forward to, I think, than your standard, here's all the Avengers, let's go beat up yeah, Thanos yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you talk about that superhero fatigue, and I also, as I said, watched this first episode as well, and I didn't know what to expect because, again, I have no Moon Knight mm-hmm. basis, and I appreciated that th- this was a story of a guy struggling with some crazy circumstances <laughs> right. in his mind, and the only superhero thing that happened was like in the last... 30 seconds yeah, maybe really? of the show which okay so it sets it up maybe it's going to be more superhero-y going forward it does okay with me I'm really more interested in this guy's story and what's going on with right. him so you know for a guy who is a little fatigued on superhero stuff this was the best thing at the right time for me so I might be in yeah I agree I think this first episode seemed more like an action show like rather than a superhero one for now mm. I'm sure it may mm-hmm. do the flip at some yeah. point but right now it just yeah. seemed like more of an action kind of movie or series something like that kind of like so. if Marvel redid uh, Shutter Island a little bit this first episode, <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. 
in, in just a low key way, but there, there are elements to it a little bit yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. very cool. So looking forward to that. So that's where I got. Yep. So John, how about you? What have you been watching? Man, I was looking forward to this last time we spoke. I said I was behind on watching Star Trek stuff. Oh yeah. And I'd only watched the first episode of the new season two of Picard, the Star Trek mm. Picard, the many years later. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm caught up now and yeah, it's a season two. It's more of the same thing, but it was worth calling out as my media pick this time around oh, really? because I am so, so much more enjoying. Now, I enjoyed the first season of Picard. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but I felt that it dragged. I felt that four or five episodes in, we were still getting the band together and finding out who people <laughs> were. Nothing was really happening. Man, the second season of Picard makes the first season of Picard look like the first season of TNG to me. It just, it's so much better. It's cohesive. They have callbacks to characters. I mean, we saw it in promotional yeah. stuff. We know that Q and Guinan are showing up. They don't beat those into the ground. They show up, they do shit, and then they're in the background while we're doing the story. Uh, the character who plays Dr. Girati, mm -hmm. who annoyed me no end in the first season, <laughs> and plus killed a pivotal character, right. you know, under duress. Or, okay, but right. still, but still spoilers still, for yeah. season one. But now we're seeing they're giving this actress amazing things to do, and we're seeing her range, and I love her. Uh, oh, okay. They brought in this Borg queen. That, I, I'm sorry for a minor spoiler. It's in the pilot that's here, okay, but I mean, okay. there's this Borg queen and she's equal parts like terrifying and fascinating at the same time because she's disconnected from everything and they just have her there, just her torso. And finally, they're giving me a reason to give a shit about Captain Rios, who was just a oh. pain in the butt during the first season. Yeah. He was just kind of this Han Solo guy. So many things about it have made me realize the shortcomings of season one. I, I was a season one apologist. I'm like, hey, it's the first season. They yeah. had a lot of ground to tread. Well, now this second season has just got me so excited for what's the next episode. We're about halfway through this season, but if you're not watching it, or if you swore off Picard after the first season, because you're like, yeah, that's what it is. That's not what this one is. It's much, much better. Have you guys had a chance to check out any of this second season yet? No, I can tell you that. I actually been kind of, I like you, I'm sort of got, and superhero fatigue, you know, a little bit of Star Trek fatigue too, because all the different shows out there. Yeah. I yeah. haven't gotten into it yet. I have not watched the second season. I, like you, I liked the first season. I thought it was a solid show, a solid season. Mm -hmm. But when season two came out, I wasn't like, oh boy, I can't wait. You know, I was like, oh, okay. But now after hearing you talk about it, I'm definitely going to jump into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw George nodding. Have you checked out any of the second season yet? How's it going? I have. Uh, I think yeah. I'm episode three at this point. Yep. So I'm yep. not all the way caught up, but I will say... In the first couple of episodes that I have watched, I've had more oh shit moments mm -hmm. than I did oh, yeah. with season one. Um, <laughs> okay. Even ones that I knew were likely coming. The queue mm -hmm. was a big thing that people were talking about in between seasons because, you know, John Delancey right. had released some stuff on social media. And I think um, one of my favorite oh shit moments so far uh, was this one scene. I don't care about spoilers at this point because it's five episodes in. This was in episode two where uh, the young Romulan boy who's grown oh, up, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. They're on Rios's ship and all of a sudden Seven of Nines alternate universe husband beams aboard and <laughs> uh, firefight ensues and whatnot. And he shoots the kid and Rafi loses her shit in the best way possible. That actress pulled off a scene in those two episodes that who just made, I was like, damn, that's some acting right there. 
That was, it was really good. They're putting dramatic beats in this that it's it's from the best parts of Star Trek that you would have liked, right? It, it doesn't yep. feel so superficial. It feels deep and it feels real. And it's what you want to see in a series like this. And I cool. I just, yeah, I'm just gushing about it, I guess. But if I want to make sure people that have sworn it <laughs> off or didn't think it was good for them, man, the second season, the first season is just set up for this one as far as I'm concerned. So that's our media picks. We get back to the break. We're diving into tech and toys. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. The American Eagle. Goodyear's symbol for its all-American kind of radial tire. Goodyear is committed to product innovation. We introduced rayon cord in tires. We created the polyglass tire and the polysteel radial. And now the American Eagle with belts of Flex 10 cord instead of steel. Flex 10 is made from a flexible man-made aramid fiber that's pound for pound stronger than steel. The tire for America, the American Eagle, the tire. I was looking at what we have for Tekken toys, and this mm-hmm. order that I'm doing them in is very specific, actually, because hmm. okay. it goes from kind of cool, very practical, to extremely cool, totally impractical. And I can't, that's why I kind of see these <laughs> right? things. Yeah, All right. <laughs> I, I see how that's shaping up. I get it. Yeah. So All I'm right. going to start because mine is cool, but extremely practical. I don't think my thing qualifies in any part of that list. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yours is very cool. But anyway, so okay. So anyway, so the uh, so my thing that is cool, but very, very practical is called Lenink. It's a basically a triple A power supply adapter. And what it is, is you actually use AC power to replace AAA batteries in a device. Like permanently wired. Yes, it's permanently wired. And, I, oh, okay. And I got this because, uh, you know, I have a speaker that I use when we do our videos and it's battery, has batteries in it. It's not plug in. And mm-hmm. I always leave the thing on when I'm done. So every time I need the second time, the batteries are always dead. Mm-hmm. And it's just so annoying. And I was like, there's got, I said, somebody somewhere in the world must have come up with something to solve this. So, you know, of course I went to Amazon, right? Where else? And sure yep. enough, uh, this company, Lenink, has a whole series. They have ones that for AA batteries, like AAA batteries, depending how many. Because they, they do like, okay, this is for 3 volts, this is for 4.5 volt, all that stuff. And the one I got was just to replace two AAAs. And it comes with one of the AAAs is actually wired for power. And the other hmm. one is basically just there for to complete the circuit. Oh, to complete the circuit. Okay. Yeah. yeah that makes and sense. the cable that comes off of it is a flat cable so that you could probably still close it, you know, with mm-hmm. whatever thing on without. And st- so you, no, nothing's exposed, essentially. And I tried it right off the bat. It totally worked. I was like, holy crap, this is very practical. And it works. <laughs> Man, I, you hit on a nerve because I see both me and George jumping in this to ask you <laughs> questions about this. You actually answered a couple of mine. I asked about how many batteries it replaces. And you mm-hmm. said, so they have different voltages for different numbers. Uh, I, I was going to ask why this instead of rechargeable batteries, you clearly, because that your problem is you forget to unplug them. That's cool. Right. And my third really is a really, really pedestrian question, which was to replace a couple of AAA batteries. What did this run? Do you recall how much it cost? Yes, it's about 
14 bucks. Well, that's not bad. No. Okay. I figured, you know, that's, you know, maybe a year's worth of batteries. I don't know, two years maybe. But mm-hmm. still, either way, I don't have to worry about it anymore, which is like the biggest thing for me. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the question based on some stuff that we're going to be talking about in this podcast. We have, <laughs> we have some technology that we love to play with and that we love to use. And we're going to be talking about it. But even the original was known as a battery hog. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. This one hasn't, they haven't changed that. And they could have. There were things mm-hmm. we talked about before we started recording that they probably could have done that would have made that part of our lives much easier. Rechargeable lithium ion batteries being built into devices is a yeah. is a straightforward proposition these days that I don't understand why battery operated things don't just have automatically right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Like John's, you know, why doesn't everything just go with USB C is the standard? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just what I'm curious about is because John mentioned, you know, and you mentioned about the rechargeable batteries. Mm-hmm. I have seen rechargeable batteries now that are different than what I remember rechargeable batteries being, but they're similar to what your device looks looks like. So these rechargeable batteries that I've seen now, you plug the cable into the battery directly to charge it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking yeah. the battery and putting it in like a wall thing right, that it right. sits in. So I'm just curious, have you ever tried one of those kind of rechargeable batteries? And even still, would you still prefer to go with something like this for this particular application? Or does it depend upon the application you're using? It probably depends on the application. For me, I prefer to basically, whenever I turn it on, it's always going to work. Mm-hmm. Like it's in the wall. You don't care what the battery's level. Yeah, I guess. It. Right. Yeah. And even if it's chargeable, yeah, you plug them in, they probably, they, I'm sure they probably ramp up pretty fast. I'm sure it wouldn't take very long, but you still would have to wait some period of time if the batteries are totally dead. Mm-hmm. Well, or you got to have extras. Or you have to have extras, right? right? And then I'm yep. changing batteries, which takes me back to my original right. problem. So I'll take it apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once this is up and going, I just don't want to touch it again, which this solves. And actually, I bought two sets because uh, my kids got me a, a one of these 3D models, but it has like this LED light pad that sits on. So the whole thing lights mm-hmm. up. Yes. Okay. Yep. But it takes three AAA batteries. And this thing's yeah. cool. I just want to leave it on. Forever. Yeah, not worry about <laughs> but it. But now it's like I have batteries in it. Batteries died. I'm like, oh, you got to be freaking kidding me. So I actually bought another set. I haven't put them in yet, but it replaces the AA batteries in this thing. Mm-hmm. So knock on wood, it works and just solves my problem. Cool. All right. Yeah. Sounds like you've made a couple of uh, sales for them too, because I'm really interested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So now we're moving up the scale to something that's definitely cooler and a little less practical, but still useful. So what do you got for us, John? I have a tech toy that I didn't spend any money on. Woo! The Holy best guy. <laughs> But how our money was spent. Uh, it just wasn't mine. My daughter, uh, in her car, she has a 2013 vehicle made by Hyundai, and it had a touchscreen device in it. It was Bluetooth sync, but it wasn't like a smart device. It didn't have Android right. Auto or Apple CarPlay or anything. And, and she recently was having trouble with her car radio. Uh, the touchscreen stopped working entirely. She's like, oh, that's fine. I'm just listening to Bluetooth anyway. That's no big deal. Well, the linchpin was she just ordered a new phone, and it occurred to her, oh, no, when my phone gets here, How I'm gonna? not going to be able to Bluetooth sync it because I can't work my radio. <laughs> so Oops. the solution, of course, was to buy a brand new head unit for her car because sure. she's envious of the Android Auto that I have. Yeah. She loves that kind of interaction. But we didn't want to spend a ton of money. So after a lot of pricing around, we went with a company called Boss, B-O-S-S, uh, Boss Audio Systems Elite. Uh, mm-hmm. Now there's a model number and there's tons of different models. I'm not going to drill down that far. We'll put a link in the show notes to the specific one I got okay. uh, at Amazon. You can check that out. It is, I would say, a lower end head unit in that it's not a full-blown computer. I mean, it's a computer in the strictest sense, oh, yeah. but you know, you can't drag icons around and organize the front screen and whatever, but it is a touchscreen LCD display. It does have Bluetooth synchronization. 
it does have the ability to uh, do Android Auto when you plug into it. So right out of the gate, you have several things that she never had before on top mm. of it's a working radio. Okay. I- I'm sorry. Oh. I don't want to interrupt you because you're explaining a bunch of cool stuff, but I got to interrupt you. <laughs> so what your happened? daughter has 2013, some Bluetooth connectivity, but a broken touchscreen. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm in a 2007 Kia Optima with a factory radio still in it. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Even worse. You guys remember I bought the charger that ended up being given to my son. So he's got nothing. But you said something that I didn't know was a thing. And I'm going to call it out because maybe some of our listeners are also not knowing this thing. Yeah. What are you telling me there are damn radios out there right now that you can move the icons on? Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. They Don't do that say, on my radio. Oh, yeah, like it's everybody <laughs> yeah, should know. No idea. It. <laughs> yeah, I had no what idea either, George. I'm with you. I, when he said that, I was going to let it slide. So I was like, like, okay, I'm stupid. How do I not really? know this? You know, everybody else in the world must know this. But no, now no, I, my, the stock radio in my Dodge, you can reorganize icons and pick what you want to have across the bottom stripe. Yeah, it's much more configurable. Well, the stock radio in my 2019 doesn't, I don't remember doing it. You know what? Maybe it does. And I just never tried because it never Maybe occurred to me <laughs> that gotcha. it was a thing. Might be. Well, wow. did you have the bigger radio or the smaller? Did you have the 4.3 inch or the 8.5? All right. It's on the bigger computer, the 8.4. That's why you Ah. never saw it. Yeah. So that's definitely an upscale feature. So to your point, and you can imagine my daughter, hers was totally busted. She's not the only person who would love to take advantage of something like Android Auto or Apple CarPlay Mm -hmm. in an older vehicle. I mean, before the show, (laughs) George was talking about it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah, I'm excited to hear this because so I have a 2014 truck that has Mm -hmm. the factory radio in it, does not have the Apple CarPlay, doesn't have any of that stuff. Yep. All you fancy people with your 2010 and newer cars. (laughs) I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, and I, I'm going to keep this truck for a long time. So I'm like, you know, it make me feel better about not getting a new car if I just like upgrade the radio. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a small thing, yeah. but it made me feel better. So I was looking and I saw those on not on Amazon, but I saw them on Crutchfield that they were selling this brand. Yeah, that's the website yeah. you told me about, John. Yeah. Now we actually purchased ours on Crutchfield. I'm putting the link to Amazon because some people are DIYers and that's fine because mm-hmm. just buying the radio, it's about two thirty, I think, two hundred thirty dollars. That's, that's for not expensive at all. Double din touch screen. Where I was going before George had to call shenanigans on my movable icons is that even though it's kind of a lower end touchscreen radio, it doesn't even matter because as soon as you plug in an Android phone, it's the Android computer, right? Right. So all the brain, the navigation, the music, Mm -hmm. the apps, the games, the whatever, the interaction, all that, the synchronization to your Google account. Oh, I have have an appointment to go see somebody. I get in the car and it goes, did you want to go here? Like it auto knows things. Right. That's all in there. And to your point, we did go to Crutchfield to do it because you get the kit so it perfectly fits in your dash and they have the molded thing and the adapter so that you can retain connectivity to things like steering wheel controls and stuff like that, internal microphones. And I even paid an extra 25, I say my daughter paid, I made her pay an extra $25 (laughs) for a service they have when you buy from them. They'll take the harness out of the radio you buy and the harness out of the kit and they do all the wiring, heat shrinking and crimping of all the connections for you. And when you get it, all you do is put the radio in the dash and plug it into all the proper ports, no wiring, no thinking. Ah, it goes right into your existing. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I didn't crimp a wire. I didn't strip a single piece of insulation off of anything. I just plugged it all in and screwed it down. And in the end, works and sounds great. She just took a trip to Orlando over the weekend and she said it worked like a charm. So if you're thinking of doing something like you mow, you know, put a little more life in your existing radio yeah. or, or George fix a crappy radio, whatever <laughs> your problem is, there's a lot of good options 
ones. And this one is not a bad place to start, especially if you're going to use your phone to connect to it because it makes the rest of the radio doesn't matter what the features are because you get the features that come from your phone. Yeah, nice. I'm definitely interested. I like Mo. I want to breathe life a little bit into my driving experience. My mm-hmm. car, 2007 Optima, <laughs> before Bluetooth was really a thing that didn't even have Bluetooth or anything. Uh, oh, wow. Like there's a lot of stuff that if I if I did this thing or that thing or this thing, I would have a much happier experience and I would not have to purchase a new vehicle, mm-hmm. which this vehicle still has a great engine and transmission in it. It still runs well. And right. from our generation, I think we kind of were on the end of because our parents, you know, they ran cars until you couldn't run them no more. <laughs> yeah. We were kind of on the end of that. So I appreciate still keeping my car around, not having to do a new car payment. So I can sometimes afford these two or three hundred dollar things because I don't have a seven hundred dollar car payment per month. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's yeah. something cool about being able to ask Google to just play the latest episode of the Gen X Grown Up podcast and go, <laughs> here it is playing the latest episode called whatever, right? Yeah. And I was like, all right. (laughs) I have, I think, a few more challenges than your daughter or Mo did, because I don't have any of the stuff that I would also want to add in the car already. Like what? I want a rear view camera. Actually, a lot of them come with cameras. There's no rear view camera in 2007 Optima. I didn't mention, this one comes with a rear view camera. Well, they do. Now, you said you didn't have to crimp or anything, but I'm betting you got to run those cables. Yeah, That's going to be work. I didn't do that part yet. I didn't install that part yet. It's coming. Yeah, but it, it came in the box. I just need to drive to Jacksonville when I pick something. No, you don't. Because John will you, install no, no. it for you me. No, no, you do it yourself. You do it at your house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to help you, of course. All right. So, yeah, so a new radio. I didn't have to buy it, but I, did, I was the labor to install it. So I guess I did pay somewhat, but I was happy to help her out. <laughs> so where are we at, Mo? We were moving up the chart of practicality. Yeah. Okay, or so where we at now, now we have the thing that's really not practical at all, but I think it's one of the coolest things of the oh, three. I would debate that maybe. It's definitely cool. Yes. It's definitely I, cool. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that part out myself um so maybe you don't understand what i type he's just mad he doesn't have the toy okay yeah <laughs> so yeah okay it's for something cool how about that okay, it's good. for yeah. something super cool yeah. yes. absolutely so we're going to talk about this coming up and we can't delay mentioning it any further we're going to talk about return to dark tower we finally <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, got we our are. games yes, we, we finally got all of our accessories john and i both john yeah. and i both went the whole nine and bought mm-hmm. everything you could during the <laughs> Kickstarter campaign. But what we both discovered very quickly, there's a lot of shit to manage in this game. (laughs) And I don't mean just rules and character traits. I mean physical things. Parts and bits and bobs and tokens (laughs) and trinkets and dice and buildings and monsters and oh yeah, everything. (laughs) So John and I both have 3D printers, as people might remember the Creality 6 fiasco Kickstarter Mm -hmm. that it was. Because this is a brand new game and because there are people out there who are good at what they do with building 3D models, there are now things showing up on Thingiverse Mm -hmm. to help you manage your Return to Dark Tower game. Uh, (laughs) One of them that I recently printed out, and I believe John did as well, is a printable coffer that holds the tokens that you need to use and spend throughout the gameplay. Mm, mm-hmm. Why is it important? Because <laughs> there's a crap ton of stuff all over your table. <laughs> and yep. the mat itself that the game is played on is huge. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's not a place where you're supposed to put those things. Those things are supposed to be, be clear, right? You need that clear to put all the other things when it's in right. play. Right. Well, <laughs> so then you have all this space off to the side that you really need. It's kind of like a pool table. Anybody who ever has owned a pool table knows this. 
you get a three and a half by seven bar box, the kind you would see in a regular bar. You think, oh, I only need a three and a half by seven room. No, 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 no. You need the length of the pool stick from the edge of every side Mm -hmm. so that you're not jammed up against the wall. That's a good comparison. Yeah, Yeah. there's the board and then you have all this stuff around the board to draw from. Yeah, exactly. So this 3D printable coffer that holds the tokens, it's a very simple print. It's got some little curved pieces interior to it. So it helps you pull the tokens out. It's Mm -hmm. divided in three different sections with two parts in each section so that you can have the uh, more expensive tokens, the fives versus the ones. Mm -hmm. And that way you can hold all three types of tokens in case you bought the expansion last couple of games my son and i have used it it's been very helpful because we printed two of them so we could have one on every side of the table so it's easier Mm -hmm. for people to grab from (laughs) right i will say that it along with some other 3d printable things that i might talk about in the future that we've done for this game it just makes me happy because how many times do you get something And you're like, I really wish they had done X. Mm -hmm. Well, now in our world that we live in, if it has anything to do with plastic, Mm -hmm. I don't have to wish anymore. Somebody else has probably wished it and designed it. And I can go out to Thingiverse and do it for free. (laughs) As long as I have some filament and my printer working, I'm good. Yeah. And a little bit of time. You got to be able to invest in it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I did similar. I printed bases for the minis. I printed the little trays to hold all the myriad of different cards you could Mm -hmm. possibly have. And and the more I print for it, the more I'm like, what other cool things could we print that make the game even more fun and more manageable? <laughs> and even the couple I've done have improved the the level of enjoyment because there's mm-hmm. less micromanaging. Just playing the game is what you can focus on. I agree. That's been cool. That's cool. And I love that you can get these files and put them in different programs and you can edit them. Like one of the ones that holds one of the types of cards in the game Mm-hmm. I don't like the way the cards lean in it. They fall yep. over quite often. And if you play the Alliance expansion pack, you need four of those cards to be stood up in this thing. And it mm-hmm. only has slots for three. Well, now I got my 3D printer. The guy gives the file out for free on Thingiverse. I can take that file and go put it in uh, a couple of different programs and tweak it and change it and make it more useful mm-hmm. to me. Right. That's, it's a beautiful world we live in. Isn't it? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> That's very cool. See, it is cool. It is cool, See, but it's practical. practical. I told you, Mo is just jealous he doesn't have the Dark Tower game. It's Actually, sour grapes. Mo, really? and to tell you the truth, I am. But we'll <laughs> I talk really more about that later. you bought it. Yeah. No, I okay. didn't. <laughs> well, when we get back from the break, we're going to talk more about the actual game Return to Dark Tower that I've been jumping <laughs> the bit to talk about. So <laughs> stick around. We'll be right back. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. It's not too sweet. It's refreshing, crisp, and neat. Canada Dry Ginger Ale. It's not too sweet. It's not too sweet. I repeat, it's not too sweet. Canada Dry cools your thirst. It's a taste that can't be beat. It's not too sweet. It's a cold, refreshing treat. Canada Dry Ginger Ale. It's not too sweet. Regular or diet, it's more refreshing because it's not too sweet. 
This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, We don't have another second to waste. Let's just start talking about Return to Dark Tower. I hate the fact that we even had to go to a break before we got to start talking about this. Damn <laughs> it's time. That's right. Let's just start talking about it. Uh, John, yep. it's on your list. I think all three of us are going to have plenty to say. I'm sure. Yeah. So in 1981, Milton Bradley put out a really iconic board game called Dark Tower. Uh, it had an ominous little tower in the middle and a board. It was kind of Dungeons and Dragons-y. However, they, there was a lawsuit that came around and it was only on the market for like six months to a year and it was gone. But those of us that had it and played it or knew a friend that had it and played it like I did, remember it fondly. And three or four years ago, Restoration Games, who have been res- resurrections of things like Fireball Island and uh, Stop Thief and things like that, they turned their eye to that Dark Tower game because there's such a huge base of people who remember it fondly, like us, like me, like you. Uh, they planned for Return to Dark Tower. We talked about it back when we crowdfunded it. That started in like 2020, I think, early 2020. And they started designing it in like 2017. But it, ultimately, after a two-year delay, and if you heard our last show, we were lamenting the fact <laughs> that we only had mats and not the game, and people were getting them and we weren't. But all that cleared up. We got our games in. And I will first say that in the lead up to the game, I was a bit intimidated by what we just talked about, the visible complexity of of what the game is. And I confided in our our friend and supporter Thanos over on Discord. I told him that I was kind of intimidated by it. And you should know if you don't, Thanos is a board game guy. Like if you cut him, he bleeds meeple and dice. Like he is made of board games. (laughs) Well, he goes to board game conventions, which I didn't even really know were a thing until I met Thanos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he was saying, Hey, I've played it, which first I told him, damn you, you, he played it and I haven't, but he said, I played it. It's not that complex. Don't get intimidated. And full credit to him. He was right. As complex as it looks, I was very pleased to know that the design of this game, not just the, the industrial design of the tower, which is ominous and beautiful and and has a great design and the board and the icons and stuff, but the way they designed the play, the the way it interacts with an app, the app doesn't overrun the game. The app is kind of a dungeon master that guides you through the game. The more people you have to play, which is a max four players, you can play this independently. And by default, it's a multiplayer cooperative game, which I really appreciate. You can play it competitively, but I have so much more fun working with the other people at the table to go, all right, if you go do this and you take care of this problem and you go attack (laughs) this thing on your turn. And I talked a bit about the app. There's so much I could talk about. And I want to free up for you guys to have your comments too. The way that the turns are laid out and that the Dungeon Master app, that it it comes to events at the end of your turn and it's like, this terrible thing's happening. You're like, oh no. And you know, fingers <laughs> clear, the tower is about to stir and things are going to happen. It's such a nice mix of a physical board game coordinated by an app with so many great tangible feelies that you can have, the figures and the uh, all the tokens and things. It makes it a delight. You talked, George, just a minute ago about how, how much fun you had augmenting it to make it you know more manageable. It's because they had all the little bits and bobs and fun bits. I paid $315, I think, for my bundle. I'm not upset at 
all. I haven't touched the expansion yet even, and I'm not upset by the fact <laughs> that what they delivered stayed true to the original game, but expanded on it in just exponentially what that game was. And it is never the same game twice. Love it. Played it three or four times already. Can't wait to play more of it. Uh, okay, I'm going to pause. George, I know you have it. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I know you're also having a pretty good time with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where to start because you were so excited. You kept going on and on. I, was I, like, know, I, just, I, just, I might not have a chance here <laughs> before I have to leave for my vacation. Uh, no, so I, I just want to give the listeners out there a little bit more sense of what the game really has with cool. what we bought in the Kickstarter. So the base game, like John said, it's got the mat, which is a circular mat that's divided into four quadrants, east, north, west, south, right? It's got the tower that sits on top of that, which is an electronically mm-hmm. controlled device that has four different levels with a hole in the top. Three of the four levels spin. You mm-hmm. can remove these little doors from the different levels when prompted to, and different things can occur uh, based on what yeah. is in front of that or what's behind that door at the time. You can have these little skulls pop out on you. Oh, crap. Now skulls are going to hurt you. Yep. You can get these little symbols that are glyphs that allow you to take extra action. Actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can accidentally screw a whole bunch of people by the tower just storing up a bunch of things and then releasing them all at once based on something you did. <laughs> The board itself, each one of the quadrants also has four special buildings, which are related to the original game. Has Sanctuary, Mm -hmm. Citadel, Village, and Bazaar, Bazaar, right? And each one of those areas has specific functions in the game, depending upon which game you're playing. Mm -hmm. Then you also have your characters, and all of the characters have different abilities, which is something that was not in the original game. That's right. Yeah. I love that aspect of it. It, it, It's very much like playing an RPG today where you're like, you're the healer and you're the fighter Mm -hmm. and you're Mm -hmm. the whatever, right? It's exactly, which is why I think it appeals so much to my son because my son loves those games where characters have certain roles that they're good at. And that's what Mm -hmm. he really enjoys about this game, trying to figure out the best combination. You have not just one enemy that you might have to fight in a game. You have (laughs) four. Yeah. Very cool enemies too, I might add. Very cool enemies that's all in the base game yeah that should get you started there's any number of combinations of all those different factors oh i didn't even mention the companions there are companions that you have to choose at the beginning of the game and other companions that you can get through completing certain things in the game that all have modifiers and bonuses and helps and whatnot then there's the Dark Horde <laughs> expansion. Now, the Dark Horde expansion is simply just all of the little cardboard tokens that you would get with a base game for the enemies brought into 3D miniature form. Mm-hmm. These are some of the prettiest 3D minis I've ever yeah, seen. Right? My son cool. They're very cool. loves Warhammer and has bought multiple Warhammer sets, says these are by far the best he's ever played with. They've got weight to them. They're beautiful. They're detailed. You can tell they were done with 3D resin, not 3D filament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dragons in there, the Titan that's in there. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yep. All the way down to the little smaller figures. They're just beautiful. That's the Dark Horde expansion. The thing that John's talking about that's another expansion, the Alliance expansion, adds two more characters that you can play. Yep. Adds more cards to the game that you can use, which I failed to mention earlier. <laughs> adds another type of payment system to the game yep. and adds a whole new game aesthetic. Now, for Dungeons & Dragons type people, you get to play with 
with guilds and they mess with you and help you. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. Michael and I started an <laughs> alliances version of the game last night. We played for two and a half hours and we finally just had to say, okay, we'll just pick this up later. You guys know my wife hates cooperative games. She only yeah, likes yeah. competitive. Yeah. She loves this game so much. She was like, just leave it on the table. You can finish it later. Oh, my wow. wife never says that. Whoa. Whoa, that's not how it works in George's house. He no. needs to tidy up after himself. Oh Every my goodness. Every time you get done with something, <laughs> it gets cleared immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, she said, just let it sit there and have fun. You guys can play it later. <laughs> <laughs> and she's played cooperative and it actually enjoyed herself. Now, she likes the competitive game a little bit right. more. She prefers to whip your ass if she can. She does. But. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to lord it over you. But good Lord, this game has too much to offer. Too much for one segment. We really shouldn't even talk about the other things we have listed. We just don't have enough time <laughs> with that mo i mean so you have gotten to play it now you came over yeah. and played it once yeah oh so yeah I, i'm totally jealous everything here ring true so far yeah, yeah i'm totally jealous to that, but it's powerful <laughs> yeah. yeah i i regret not jumping on that bandwagon absolutely because yep. mm. um the game was just fun i mean it was just fun to play like you said john it seemed a little intimidating but if you just sort of just go with it and learn as you go it, it guides you so well yeah yes. it yeah. works out well i love the interface that, that you know you have the little tablet that connects to mm-hmm. the tower and all the stuff that happens on there and skulls dropping out. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I can't wait to play it again. I'm yeah. going to put it on an Android OS and cast it to our big screen TV. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people talk about it. It's so much fun. People think, oh, how can I make it more immersive? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a bigger screen, <laughs> bigger board, that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So suffice it to say, love that I got it. Great game. Return to Dark Tower. I'll be playing it a lot more. You might hear us talk about it more on the podcast if new things happen. I mean, look at the alliances. So uh, <laughs> you said it, George, we've taken up so much time talking. It deserves it, though. Why don't we yep. move along, though? You mentioned uh, you were playing something recently on a live stream that you wanted to talk about. I was, yeah. I was playing a game called Corridor Z. And the reason Mm -hmm. why I was playing this game is because we all funded the Stand With Ukraine Humble Bundle. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think, John, you mentioned that it went over $20 million in funding. Every penny (laughs) went to help the people in the Ukraine through four different charities. And it had 123 items. Yes, for those out there listening who remember my Humble Bundle A to Z, I've already built a spreadsheet. I will be going through things and talking about their costs and whatnot. This game, we talked about it on the live stream, so I'm not going to go into a lot of details on that uh, spreadsheet part. But this is an endless runner that has an extra story element to it that stops it from being endless, I guess. It's the only way. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. So you're essentially in a high school, it looks like, and or some abandoned building. There are three characters that you can choose to play with in every attempt that you make. There's the football jock guy, there's the cheerleader girl, and there's like an army guy who somehow Mm -hmm. ended up at this place. Essentially, you're just running down the hall, running from zombies that are chasing you, and Mm -hmm. you have to pull things from the side of the wall to block them to slow their progress or pull things from up above you to block their progress. You can also pick up things like weapons or diary pages to help Mm -hmm. add to the story element of the game. Okay. It's a very unusual, fun game. I didn't expect to really care about it that much. I have since played it a lot after that (laughs) live stream because something one of our other Discord members mentioned was that as he's gotten older, he doesn't necessarily find that he likes to sit down and play a video game for 30 or 45 minutes at a stretch. Mm -hmm. And he feels guilty about that. 
Hmm. I will say this is a game that you can play for 30 seconds at a stretch <laughs> and have a wonderful time of enjoyment and then decide if you want to keep going or not. <laughs> and, okay. and still progress the story a little. Yeah. There's something to do. It feels like a very mature mobile game in many ways. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a twitchy little game, but it has more to it. I enjoyed watching you play it, even in those little 30, 45 second bursts. And each time you get a little better, got a little further and a little more of the story. And yeah, it's very well thought out for just yeah. something that was included in this huge bundle. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Mo, it puts on something that I think you like in some of your games. There's that whole inventory and upgradability stuff, right? Oh, cool. So yeah. you have a pistol as a weapon. Well, once you get that, you always have that pistol. You can upgrade it to different levels to be more accurate or have more rounds nice. or things of that nature. Armor. Um, you can collect things that can build health kits, which are, we found, I think, John, that might have been the most interesting part of this game. The way that health works in this, Mo, mm-hmm. you run until you die and you lose <laughs> one bar. You're out of health. Of okay. health. Yep. You lose one yep. little segment. You only have three for each character, so that's nine total. But they regenerate over a period of time that's real time, not game time. Oh, okay. So you have to be judicious in who you decide to run with. I mm-hmm. haven't been able to figure out if any of them have different characteristics in their running. but (laughs) you can't use the same person over and over again just because you like the character right you kind of have to flip back and forth because you're gonna die (laughs) that's a given it's just inevitable short order yeah yeah (laughs) very cool yeah so I enjoyed that one, but Mo, you have one that I bought the bundle kind of for this game that yeah. you want to talk about. Yeah. So I can't believe it was actually part of this bundle, but they actually had mm. the Back for Blood game, mm. which was yeah. the sequel-ish kind of for Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. of the same developers, different company. They called it Spiritual Successor. Yeah, exactly. Spiritual Successor. That's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Had the same people, right? Yep. Same developers. A lot of the same, same developers. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at this game for a while, but it's still like a 40, 50 buck game, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, but paying 45 bucks for the health of Ukraine and you know, all that stuff is easy to get. So I loaded up, played it and it's, how did I put this? It starts off complicated. That's the thing Hmm. that got me. It was just like, there's so much like the original game was you get your group, you pick your weapons, you go out there and you basically try to make your way across a set of land to get to the next base. Right. Mm -hmm. But this one's like, Oh, you got these cards that you can play to get advantages. And Oh, you got these upgradable things you can do here. Mm -hmm. And you have all this other stuff. And I'm like, I want to shoot some zombies. Like, how do I get to that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I finally got to the point where I could play it and I played it yeah. and it was fun. It was, it was a lot okay. of fun to play, but in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, what's all the stuff I'm not doing that I should be doing? Cause there's this whole card thing I'm not playing mm, yeah. with right now. And there's this whole other thing, but the graphics are amazing. The action was, it was, it reminded me a lot of the original game. Once I actually started playing. Yeah. The zombies are cool. Nice yeah. and gruesome. Yeah. I fired this up I, when I got the stand with Ukraine bundle. I, same mm-hmm. thing. I'm like back for blood. I've been wanting it for a while and fired it up. And I had a similar experience that like, rather than starting you in the game and then later showing you how to make the game more right. expansive and better, they instead start you at this camp where you walk around and talk to people who want to give you tutorials. Ah. Like at some point, can I yeah. shoot something? Please. Yeah, exactly. When can I do that part? <laughs> and it wasn't clear how to start doing that. Yeah. But again, once I did, it was like Left 4 Dead again. And yeah, it was. It, I'm sure it's even better playing it multiplayer because that's right. the nature of what Left 4 Dead was, was to get you know a group together to do that. But uh, it's something that I think if you played it a lot, all those things, you need them to make the game. We talked about Dark Tower, how it never is the same twice because of all the different 
variables you can throw in there. And I think mm-hmm, that's what they mm-hmm. did with Back for Blood. Problem is, I hadn't played it once. I wasn't tired <laughs> right. of the original game to need those variations yet. Right. And it just threw it all at me at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mo, I got a question for you yeah. because I have not played it yet, even though I own it mm-hmm. now. Yep. Uh, my question is, the original, it felt more fun to play it with other people. Oh, absolutely. I know you didn't have to, but I always it preferred was, it was playing with better. other oh, people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. the online aspect was really well done in mm-hmm. both of those two games. Is this game, though, it sounds like it's more like you're playing it by yourself? Are you playing oh, no, with no. other people? or It's built for four-player co-op. Okay. It's definitely built for that. The thing is that like when I was going through, there's a way you could play solo with like kind of bots or any other three mm-hmm. characters. So you could kind of learn the game, which is what I was doing. Because they even mm-hmm. call it a tutorial, I think, even. But it's actually you're playing like the regular game. And I also think that there's a way you could play zombies. Ooh. Oh, th- there was a competitive version of yeah. Left 4 Dead 2 where you could do that. Right. You could play one yeah. of the special infected. Yeah, the maybe special that's infected, that. which is kind of weird. But um, mm. but yeah, it's definitely built for co-op. So, you know, okay. hey, maybe get, we should do like a live cast of us playing it or something. Oh, my God. I don't know why we shouldn't. I think that's a fully appropriate. <laughs> we all own the game, right? So Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a plan. That would be some fun. Who's going to be the fourth, though? We need a fourth listener. We need a fourth. We need a fourth. We need a fourth listener. If you also have Back for Blood and you you want to be our fourth straw man to play Back for Blood, you got to write in. Write in the yeah, show. Let us know. Or hit us up on Discord. Let us know. We'll be, uh, I think we'll be planning that shortly. That sounds like an excellent plan. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Introducing an American car designed for a changing world and with a commitment to quality. The beautifully new Ford Granada. Contemporary in styling. Energy efficient. Smaller in size. But not at the expensive room. With Granada's highest mileage ratings ever, and with attention to detail, the kind of detail you can see, feel, and hear. The new Granada, built for a changing world from Ford. Before we put a bow on this edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast, you know, we always like to take a second here toward the end to talk about the things we're currently enjoying or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together to record. George, I want to start with you. What do you got coming up? Yeah, uh, first thing I've got coming up that I'm looking forward to is just more 3D printing. Having (laughs) printed those things for Return to Dark Tower kind of got me back in the mood of really using that. It kind of sat in the corner for a while and was gathering a little bit of dust. I've got it in my new studio room here, so it's easier to work with it and get to it the other place it was kind of in a corner difficult to work with so that's one thing i'm looking more forward to second thing directly related more return to dark tower play Uh, (laughs) like i said my son and i still have a game to finish we're going to keep playing it he asks me all the time hey i know you're probably tired from work but do you feel like play yes yes son i feel like (laughs) playing return to dark tower please come over whenever you're ready (laughs) and then the last thing this is a personal thing as well it's my 21st anniversary uh, the day after we record this and hey, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. My wife and I are apparently legally allowed to drink now. I think that's how it works. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Your marriage can drink. I think yeah, is what it is. My yeah. marriage can drink. 
<laughs> so we're we're gonna head down to our timeshare in sunny and or rainy Orlando, depending upon <laughs> how the weather is in Florida that day. And we're gonna spend some good time down there. We're gonna go to Morimoto Asia for a nice dinner. Nice. Uh, we're gonna go to another buffet place that we really like. That's a Korean place where you cook the food in front of yourself. Oh yeah, the grills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and uh, we're just looking forward to just the two of us getting to spend a little bit of quality time. And I think. That's something that as our generation gets a little bit older, it's important to talk about because we don't have that many damn years left, people. Mm-hmm. We're old. <laughs> We're past the halfway point, most likely. Yeah. yeah. That's the, <laughs> some of us more than others. Yeah, Mo. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Mo may actually be better off. He may I may both of us, quite frankly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's important to take the time out there to make sure you enjoy what you've been spending the last 30 plus years working for. Yeah. Because we all probably started working when we were 18 or younger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Take some time, go do something either by yourself or with a person you care about, and just forget about all the crap and go have a good time. Outstanding yeah. advice. I agree. It's, it's definitely about the experiences as we get older. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less about the things, more about the yeah. what the, what you do. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, for sure. now that we went down that emotional roller coaster, John, <laughs> what are you looking forward to? I'm going to need a minute to recover from <laughs> Yes. uh, So uh, a few things. So it's been a while, but the second season of Cursed Films, that series on Shudder, is fine. I thought it was over. I think it was happening, but I don't know the date exactly, but it's definitely early April. Maybe by the time this show is out, it'll come out. But uh, uh, yeah, it just looks at films that had something terrible that happened around them or people believe are cursed, you know, things like The Crow and Twilight Zone, things were production elements. Fascinating. It's on Shudder. That second season's coming up. Uh, The next thing, uh, once again, I've been asked, invited to guest host on the 1980s Now podcast. Nice. Uh, Will and Kat over there. Great show if you don't listen to them. I'll put a link down in the show notes to that show. They've invited me to visit several times. I always have a fantastic time there. Great show. So I'm looking forward to recording that with them, and that'll release a little bit later in April. And then finally, I'm pulling a George here. I remember when Cobra Kai was coming out. Mm, you yeah. claimed well in advance this was your oh, show. I was about to, I thought we were going to fight. I thought you were claiming no, Cobra no, Kai for Cobra next Kai. year. <laughs> no, no, no it, it's a Cobra Kai style of hijacking is what okay. I'm doing. <laughs> is I'm looking ahead early in May, May 5th. So much looking forward to Star Trek Strange New World, oh, the damn Christopher it. Pike yeah. series. Damn, damn it. it. Damn it. They have, they, it's mine. Nobody has to look forward to it. Nice. That's the rules. Right. It's, it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. They started to release these little like vignettes of the new characters or the old characters, you know, Cadet Uhura and Na'an Nunian Singh, who's descendant of just so much cool stuff. They're hyping this thing and it's working on me. Damn. It looks so good. The Pike <laughs> character Mount is so good. Is a, the best Christopher oh. Pike ever. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, by far. Yeah. One of the best captains ever. He just, I mean, d- the way he's written every, yeah, I'll it's rant great. and rave when it comes out for now. Mm. I'm looking forward to it and I'm going to yeah. keep looking forward to it until it comes out May 5th. All right. <laughs> Mo, what do you got coming up? Well, I was going to look forward to Strange New World, but somebody else already <laughs> took it. Why did we oh, just I establish? I cannot, we I just cannot talk take about? that, which is really, <laughs> so I'll scratch that one off. Hold up. Okay. okay. So this is going to become a thing now. Yeah. Like mm. Six months out, people are going to be claiming <laughs> stuff. But um, so actually, I'm working on a video for our channel for uh, the Aka Ara arcade game that came on my uh, Atari Legacy cabinet. Oh, the unreleased game. Unreleased right. game. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Let me tell you. So looking forward to finishing that <laughs> interesting. one Interesting. Yes, it's very interesting. And really, it's the new, again, we talked earlier about being kind of superhero wore out, but this one looks different. Uh, Morbius. It mm-hmm. looks interesting. 
I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to that one or not. And I want to be because yeah. you're right. It looks different, but I'm not sure I'm looking forward to it. Well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go see it over the weekend. I'm pretty sure we'll see the come next show. If I should have been looking right. forward to it or not, <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be good to be looking forward to it. You can be looking right. forward to shitting on it. You know, that's okay too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. yeah. Like every Sasquatch movie you ever watch. No, those are good. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, so it's, it's like puppet movies, right? <laughs> those are good too. You can't find a bad one. Yes. All right. No Morbius. It, it's, it, it is intriguing. I'm interested yes, to is. see what they do with it. For sure. Yep. yep. <laughs> well, cool. Hey, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another one, of course. Next week, as you probably know, is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. We've touched on this a few times in other shows. But we're dedicating an entire episode to talk about the pretty much now past phase that we enjoyed as Gen Xers, a sort of unique Gen X childhood autonomy that we enjoyed growing up yeah. in that era. Kind of the independence that you had. Other countries call that freedom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. It was a kind of freedom that we had as a kid that kids today just don't have. I mean, it's yeah. through, uh, on purpose or accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. We were sent out to play Come Home When You Get a Chance. If you're in the house, get the hell out of the house. Yeah. But <laughs> it meant that we got to do things on our own and learn a sense of independence that really kids don't learn in the same way that we do anymore. We're going to talk Agreed. all about that in the backtrack coming your way just next week. We hope you will join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you, man. Always fun, man. And fourth listener, it's you we all appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Was that, where was I going? Shit, I just drew a blank. What, getting old sucks. What was I about to say? <laughs> we were talking about the, oh, I got gotcha. you. It's coming, I uh, don't know the date. It's, I think it's early May. I'm sorry. Mm, what is this? Okay. April, March? This is March. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know the date exactly, but it's early March coming in just a few days or maybe it's out early by the time April. this show. Is it? Is it early April? No, you said early March. Where are oh, I did. That? Shit. Yeah. One more time. Thank <laughs> you. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes and luckily that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato and I'm the creator of Seven Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes.